funny because I sort of feel like a hot mess. <laughs> and <laughs> when when I look at my stuff, you know, it it's I, I there's a lot of effort behind it. That is genuine and true. Mm-hmm. But I feel like all of the stuff that I'm doing isn't getting the traction that I necessarily want it to. And so it's so funny. Like I admire you so greatly because I'm like, oh my God, like look at everything that she's doing. She, you know, works full time, has a consultancy, wins awards, written two books. Like what? (laughs) (laughs) It's the mutual admiration society because I'm looking at all of your digital stuff and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so on point. Like, wow. Oh my God. (laughs) Well, you know, thank you. That's so good to hear because so many times I don't feel like it's on point because I look at what other people are doing in the digital world and I'm, I just feel so far behind. And it's um, <laughs> that, that comparison-itis is a true yeah. disease. <laughs> it is. It is because either you think yours might be a little bit better or it's a little bit worse. I like to look at it as like, okay, if I think it's so much better than what I'm doing, then that's something that I can aspire to. To Sugar Coated. I'm your host, Adrian Garland, the CEO and founder of She Leads Media. For far too long, women have been conditioned to sugarcoat their words, their actions, and the way they show up in the world, and to conform to certain cultural norms and ideals. This is inherently designed to keep those who are outside of the norm from gaining power, prestige, wealth, and influence preventing more women from being recognized and respected as the powerful leaders that we truly are. Join me each week as we dive into raw conversations with remarkable, uncompromising, and inspirational women that will encourage you to strip away your sugar coating and move boldly in the direction of your magnificent dreams. Welcome to the Sugar Coated Podcast, and I'm your host, Adrian Garland, and I am so excited to be talking to Shannon Whittington today. My guest is simply incredible. She is a leadership expert who specializes in LGBTQ and servant-based leadership, certified by the uh, John Maxwell Method, which we'll dive into. I want to hear all about that. And I know Shannon because she is part of the She Leads Media Network, if you will. I believe that Shannon has attended She Leads Conference in the past. And if not, I know that she's just part of our community, and I'm so grateful for that. Shannon is also the prestigious winner or the winner of the prestigious Crane's Notable LGBTQ Executives for 2020 Award. And on top of all of that, she is a published author with two books under her belt. First is Kindergarten for Leaders, Nine Essential Tips for Grownups. And the second one that is coming out or that she's given to her publisher will be coming out soon is LGBTQ Plus, The ABCs for Grownups. 
you are in for such a treat with our conversation today between Shannon and myself. Welcome, Shannon. Thank you. I'm delighted and honored to be here. I just, I can't wait to dive in. You know, I, I, I sort of took a glance at your LinkedIn profile, which is amazing. And it's so interesting to me, you know, ever since your college days, you've really been immersed in this whole world of nursing and also leadership. And I find those two things to be a really interesting combination. And so I'm kind of wondering, what drew you to those two things? Well, I knew I wanted to be a nurse ever since I was five, because I I was pretending to be one ever since I was three. (laughs) (laughs) because my aunt was a nurse and she worked at a nursing home and sometimes she would have to babysit me. So I would go to work with her and I would give out medication, you know, little candies. I would give the patients shots and, you know, give them water. And so I became very comfortable around older people, which I have to say is my very favorite population now. I love the elderly. Yes. And, you know, I thought that that's, that's what I want to do. And uh, I knew from a very early age, and there was no wavering in that. That's exactly what I did. Mm. And what about the leadership aspect? <laughs> well, you know, I've had some really wonderful leaders as nurses, and then I've had some that weren't so good. And I made a decision that if I ever became a nurse leader, which I hadn't really had any plans of doing so, but it just kind of happened probably about 15 years ago. I decided that I would give everything that I wish I had when I was a nurse. Hmm. And as a result of that, I created, you know, very high performing teams, uh, award-winning teams, very low turnover, nurses just lining up to be on my team, letting me know, please let me know when you have a cancellation. Can I work with you? Can I work with you? Can I work Hmm. with you? And then that's kind of what sparked, okay, I need to to write about this stuff, you know? So um, I just try to be the leader that I always wanted to have. Hmm. You know, I I wanted someone to value me. I wanted someone to make me feel like my opinion mattered. That didn't just treat me like a body. Mm -hmm. And uh, to make, you know, make me feel appreciated. Um, We're doing hard work. I mean, look at what we're doing now with COVID being exposed to, you know, all communicable diseases and things of that nature. So I wanted someone to really appreciate my work. And that's what I try to do every day. I love that. And and I, my sister-in-law is a nurse. And I know that, you know, there are definitely doctors that hold nurses in, in very you know, high respect. But I also do know that even early on in her career, you know, some of the doctors just treat the nurses terribly. And it's really the nurses that are, you know, managing the patients, not only their, you know, ailments, but also their emotions. And the fact that they are not given the respect that they deserve is is crazy, <laughs> quite frankly. It is. You know, there there's some doctors who are just fantastic and really listen to you because we're with the patient. Right. You know, they come in, they come in and they make their rounds and they go. But we're with them for eight hours, twelve hours. We know when something's going on. Intrinsically we know when something's going on. You know, we have this saying in nursing, don't treat the 
vital signs treat the patient. Like the vital signs can be horrible or they can be great, but you can still know something's going on. So I was kind of afraid of that, to be honest, like, oh, the doctors are going to be treat me a certain way. And they're certainly not all like that, but I would work night shift. (laughs) So, (laughs) So I wouldn't have to, you know, be that involved with them. But I think it's, getting better in in many ways. Nurses are becoming more uh, respected. You know, we're more advanced practice. I'm I'm a master's prepared nurse. I'm studying for my doctorate. I think we're getting more credibility as a profession. And I think that's what's what's needed. I agree a hundred percent. And you know, there you just slid in and you're studying for your doctorate. Yeah, okay. on top of everything else. I, you you know, I, I no, I can't even believe that slid out because <laughs> it, it's still, I, I still can't believe I'm, I'm like eight weeks in, to be wow. honest with you. Congratulations. And it's amazing. Thank you. Yeah. It, was, it was a big decision, but you know, um, I want to, I, I consider myself to be an expert in LGBT and LGBT health. And I've gotten certified in that and been working for it for many, working in this area for many years. But I still think there's more that I can contribute. And I feel like having my doctorate will allow me to do that. I agree 100%. And that's another thing that I would love to understand. How did you sort of get involved in um, LGBTQ, you know, patients' rights and care and everything? What what was the that origin story? Oh, that's, that's interesting because I was listening to uh, Ilana with Etra saying she was an unlikely founder. Yeah. And I think I'm an unlikely uh, advocate. You know, I, I, I'm gay myself. I've been with my wife for 21 years. And I never thought that I was going to be like the gay poster person <laughs> or the gay spokesperson. It, you know, it wasn't in my, you know, I, just, I didn't even think about it. I was just a nurse who happened to be gay. Right. But Probably about four or five years ago, I started working uh, with particularly transgender patients, mm-hmm. and I realized what a knowledge deficit we have as healthcare providers around LGBT in general. And I started speaking about, you know, this work, and I just realized that, hey, this is an unmet need. You know, people would come up to me after I would speak at a conference or whatever, and they would say, oh my God, my company knows nothing about this. We know nothing about LGBT. Can you, can you come? Can you speak? And so I said, okay, this is something that needs to be done. And I really, that's my passion for the remainder part of my life is to change really clinically, clinical transformation around how people in the healthcare industry uh, treat this population and become knowledgeable of this population, but also in general, having a more inclusive environment. Because if your organization is a decent size, trust me, you've got some LGBT people there. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You know, it's so funny. It, it really goes back to what you said before about treating the patient. You know, you don't necessarily need to treat the symptom or, or whatever, you know, the person is presenting with, you need to treat the human being that is in front of you. Yes. And what are they there for? You yeah. might think you're there to give the injection. You might think you're there to change the wound care, to do the cannula care, Foley care, whatever it is. But what you have to meet the patient where they are. Maybe they're very worried that they haven't been able to see their kid. Yeah. You know, and that's yeah. what's going on. And they're very depressed about that. And that's so, so important. I mean, obviously, you know, we have to do a lot of tasks, but 
it's really important for us to treat the patient holistically. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, you know, I have so much empathy and it's like, I can't even imagine, you know, being transgender and feeling like you are not who you are when you look in the mirror. It just must be a, a devastating feeling. So, you know, for people to go through any type of, you know, operation to, to, to see in the mirror who they are inside, it must be so traumatic. And, you know, having people that have that empathy and that understanding for what these patients have to go through, not just physically, which is, forget it, like that's traumatic, any type of surgery. But, you know, the emotional part of it is something, you know, that just kind of wondering, like, how do nurses sort of cope with that because they're nurses, they're not necessarily mental health professionals. Yeah, we're we're not, you know, considered mental health professionals, but we do take a lot of psych classes mm. for, our, for our bachelor's program, like almost enough to have like a minor in psych mm. because we know how important that is. If you don't have that part, you can just forget the rest. Yeah. You really got to have that part down, you know, and as, as far as transgender issues are concerned, you know, we aren't taught this in school. The average nursing student gets about two hours of education, LGBTQ. I'm still waiting to meet that nurse. And I have nurse interns and I always ask them, you know, they're young in their 20s, a lot of them. And and I ask them, are you, you know, did you get any education around this? And most of the time they say no. Hmm. You know, so that's what I want to change through education. Yeah, I think that that's an amazing platform for for you. Um, Because, I mean, just think about it, you could probably read a a book or search Google and get more information than the nurses are being, you know, taught in in school. And that definitely has to change. I mean, I think think the world is changing in so Mm -hmm. many different ways. You know, there, I was listening to something on NPR this morning, and somebody said, you know, it's, it's sort of like, cancer, you don't know that you have it until, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's sort of revealed and, and brought. And it said not everyone's going to be a surgeon and be able to, you know, cure the cancer. But the first step is at least knowing that it's there. And I think that that is just relevant for so many different things. I mean, we are a planet full of human beings of all, like a mosaic of of everything. And for us to operate in anything, whether it's nursing or business or education, for us to operate like there's only one way is is ignorant. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know. And, you know, we, we, we're a nation of humans who all bleed red. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and there there's a similarity right there. So I think, you know, when I first started doing this work, uh, there were, you know, not that many people interested uh, no, you know, I don't think we need that, oh. uh, at, at to, to <laughs> <Yeah>. now, <laughs> you know, I'm pretty busy because, you know, like I said, depending on the size of your organization, you have, you have LGBT people there yeah. and trans is like one in 50 people like redheads. So wow. there's a possibility you might have that too. And then the next question is, uh, if you don't know, then why is that? 
Like, is your organization affirming for these individuals? Not saying that we all have to come out. Listen, I worked in a hospital where I was in the closet. I was there for two years. I didn't feel comfortable coming out. It felt horrible. And I worked in an organization where I'm the poster person. And it feels (laughs) amazing, you know? So, right, because you can be just who you are. You don't have to hide. It's like the worst feeling. Oh, and you're afraid you're going to slip up. You know, what's your yeah. husband's name? I see you're married. And then then at that moment, you, you've got to say to yourself, okay, do I say a man's name and just let it go? Or do oh. I say, oh, well, actually my wife? You know, you have to think of all of that when you're, because we live in a heteronormative society, right? right? We live in a very binary society of male and female. So those are the kind of questions that people just say. And then in that moment, you've got to make a quick knee-jerk decision. Do right. I just you know, hide this. And then I've got to try and remember that that person doesn't know. And then, and it's nothing about being ashamed or anything. Trust me, I went through that when I was coming out, but now it's like, Hey, this is me. I'm married. My wife, you know, we've been together 24 years. I'm absolutely in love with her. Yeah. And and congratulations on that, by the way, because, you you know, getting, getting past probably, you know, three years (laughs) is a huge accomplishment. 21 is, is, uh, outstanding. So that's so beautiful. Yeah. Once we were allowed to marry, we married. So we've been together for that length of time, you know, and it's, wow. it's, it's been, it's been wonderful, but it's not easy, you know, living in a straight world, so to speak, you know, there's places where we can go where we can kind of let our hair down, but you always got to be a little cautious, you know, and yeah. when, when you're traveling, uh, we're looking for affirming imagery of where we're going to stop and eat or where we're going to stay. And, you know, you go to the hotel, do you need two beds? You know, that kind of thing. Mm, yeah, kind of right. Which makes you yeah. feel like n- not, you know, just, I don't know. I mean, it feels like other, like, you know, yes. yeah. And <laughs> it I mean, like other. yeah, I can't even imagine because, you know, there's also, you're a woman and, you know, that everybody asks. I had a, a landscaper come over here the other day, a very nice man, old Italian man. And I asked him to do some stuff and, and he, and I said, you know, an estimate. And he said, will you go talk to your husband and have him <laughs> make the decision? I was like, okay, Ms. Brown. <laughs> 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 I'll do one that. thing straight here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but and and in cases like that, it is almost laughable like that there are people that still have a particular mindset. And in a case like that, obviously that is, you know, nothing. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. and but it's it's funny to be able to look at the situation and say, like, how do you how are you like living in 2020 and, and you say, OK, little girl, you know, go ask your husband. I mean, it's laughable. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I don't know. I, I think, man, there is just so much to to talk about, I think, on, you know, what it's like to sort of operate and, and live in this heteronormative world, which, mm-hmm. you know, I, I wouldn't even probably use that term, but that that describes it so perfectly. And you have to be the one to sort of be concerned about what other people are thinking instead of, and, you know, then modulating your behavior or what you say or what you do based on what you think they might think. And that is just, oh, so tiring. You totally get it. Oh, <laughs> I'm totally exhausted. It. <laughs> yes. I mean, even like 
out at restaurants, uh, and, you know, and, and so, you know, there's, there's gay towns, right? There's P-Town, there's, there's uh, Fire Island and all those places where you can go. And sometimes, you know, you just want to go where you can just let your hair down and not think about all those things that you just mentioned. Yeah. Ugh. Now we we have no problem existing in a heteronormative world because that's just what it's going to be, and we get that. But to not allow us to be the fullest expression of who we are, which is everyone's goal, yeah. right? Yep, is just oh, it creates a lot of angst. Yeah. It really does, and yeah. I don't think that's ever going away. I mean, I know that we're talking a lot about diversity and inclusion now, and we're talking about racial equity and all of those things. And I'm happy. I'm really happy to see this conversation starting to take place around around race and around orientation and around gender. And for us to be able to get beyond a binary world. Yeah. You know, if you talk to a kid from the XYZ generations they understand about gender nonconforming, transgender nonconforming, non-binary, gender queer, queer fluid. They understand all of that. It's us old farts. Yeah. <laughs> they don't get it. Yeah. Excuse the expression, but you know, like baby boomers and they're just like, what do you mean pronoun? Yeah. <laughs> well, well, yeah, because there's such a thing as non-binary. Yeah. You know, some people don't feel like they fit in that male or female box. There's somewhere in between that. Yeah. And that's why you want to ask, hey, what's your pronoun? So you don't misgender someone. But that's like a new conversation for many. Like when I go and I speak about this at companies, those individuals, I get this look like, what the is she talking about? Right. I mean, yeah. even even people that are in Gen X, I'm a I'm a Gen Xer, and mm-hmm. even you know people that are in my generation and friends of mine, you know, like if they have a family member or something, they you know I've had conversations with friends like, oh my, you know my niece, you know, and 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 she's like, I don't even know what I'm talking about, and I'm like, you got to go educate yourself. Like it's okay mm-hmm. that you don't know what mm-hmm. you're talking about if you haven't had the experience and she's mm-hmm. a very open-minded person but it's like if you haven't but at least just go kind of research and find out bef- before just feeling frustrated about it mm-hmm. yeah yeah and, so, and totally offending someone too in the process yeah and I, I think you know I think that sometimes that happens too and and then you have like this this guilt because you really didn't mean to offend somebody. Mm -hmm. But I think that there's a way that you can show that you are a human being who sees whoever is in front of you as another human being. And Mm -hmm. if you can sort of just be open to whatever, (laughs) you Mm -hmm. know, what, and it's, it ranges from like your opinion, right. To, Mm to everything else, your gender, your sexuality, whatever mm-hmm. it is. There's a podcast, it's coming out on um, the network, um, uh, one of our other hosts, a really amazing podcast that you should tune into. It's called Feminist AF. Um, Jenny oh. Manpa is, mm-hmm. oh, she's just so on fire. I love her so much. But she just had a, an incredible conver- conversation with a, I think she, she's a, a sexuality coach and therapist. I I don't know if she's quite a therapist, but, you know, she was talking about 
polyamory. And I was like, what? (laughs) Because that's only something that I've seen on, you know, like Showtime or something. But, you know, but this this particular guest was talking about how her, you know, the majority of her friends are polyamorous. And I'm like, that I haven't seen, you know, I live in Long Island. I don't know. It's just until you sort of are aware of it or see it or talk about it, it's just something that you don't know. So you just have to be open to things in life. Yeah, just be open to it. And, you know, it doesn't mean that, you know, I always say when, when I'm talking, I'm not trying to convert anyone. Right. You don't have to be polyamorous. (laughs) I'm not trying to convert, but I am trying to alert. Oh, I love that. Thank you. The alert is, this is here. It's not going away. Yep. So you might as well, might want to learn a little bit about it, just in case a situation comes up and you're having a conversation and you can sound like you know just a little bit. You know, and I'm always I'm always surprised at like some people. Let me give you this this prime example. Yeah. All right. So I'm down in Florida getting my certification with the John Maxwell team. Right. You mentioned that at the beginning. Yep. And uh, like many many hours and many many books, and I finally do it, and I'm down there, and it's a lot of people, and we go into this huge lunch area with like probably tables that sit maybe like ten, and I. I try to sit at a different table at every meal so I can meet as many people as possible. And I go and I put my tray down and there's a probably like 50 something year old woman to my left. There's a millennial to my right and her mother. So, you know, eventually it always comes down to, well, what do you do? Yep. And my wife always says, why do you tell people about that? You know, you create so much drama and conversation. I'm like, but that's what I do. Yeah. Why am I not going to say it? So I'm talking to this woman and I say, well, you know, I educate clinicians on uh, transgender patients after they have gender affirming surgeries. And she says, are you a transgender? (laughs) (laughs) Are you? (laughs) I'm sitting there and I say, uh, no, but I'm gay. Yeah. And the woman to the left, who's a PhD director, says to me, oh, I knew that as soon as you sat down. Okay. And that's what I think in my head. Like, okay. what? Yeah. And the, and the woman goes, yeah, me too. And the daughter goes, mom. <laughs> now, here I am, long hair, wear makeup. You know, I'm like, okay, so how does gay look? I'm, I'm wondering here, yeah. what does gay look like? I'm like, Shannon, you're in Florida. I mean, I'm from Tennessee, so um, it's not that, you know. But not that different yeah. <laughs> mindset. <laughs> exactly. And then I, then, I'm, then I look at what I'm wearing. Well, Adrian, I'm wearing a suit and a tie. <sighs> and so I said, oh, is it because I'm wearing a suit and a tie? And the PhD goes, uh, yeah. And the mom goes, of course. And the, and the daughter goes, mom, like she was so embarrassed by her mom. Yeah. What about being fashion forward? Yeah. So I like you could, yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm like (laughs) mad now. (laughs) I I sit there for a minute and I thought, well, do I, you know, does this even warrant me? And I said, you know, just so you know, you know, straight 
women wear suits and ties. Straight men wear pink shirts and lavender shirts, you know. Yeah. Um, doesn't really define your orientation. So, but let me tell you what happened after. Like we go to, you know, we have to walk down this long corridor to go to the next meeting and there's all these people. Well, I can just swear to me myself that everybody's staring at me. Aww. Like everybody's staring at me. This bugged me so much that I really contemplated going back upstairs and changing my oh, clothes. God. And then I was like, Shannon, no. no, you know, no, you're not going to change your clothes. So I, well, of course, you know, the next meal rolls around, right? <laughs> and <laughs> so I go get my tray and I was like, what table am I going to go to now? What's going to happen? <laughs> you know? And I go and I, I, timidly sit my tray down and it's like three middle-aged Caucasian people, one woman, two men. And this older man says, oh, that sure is a snazzy tie you're wearing there today. That's so nice. See? And, and the woman says, and I love that suit. I saw you standing in line and it just looks so sharp. See? And I was like, Oh my God. And I said this, I said to them, you should have heard a conversation at lunch. Yeah. <laughs> But, you know, you just don't know. You really don't know. Yeah. And, and it's funny because it, it's almost like it goes both ways. Like you probably were in judgment of like these white people, you know, older people like, here we go again. They're going to do exactly. the same thing to me. But meanwhile, yes. they were like, you know, hip <laughs> and, yes. and cool. And, and you just can't tell. And I think that that's why you have to treat everybody like a human being. And, you know, if they reveal themselves, okay, you know, that's, that's fine. If you reveal yourself as a racist or a bigot or, you know, um, okay. <laughs> but mm -hmm. you also have to approach every situation like you did, like you're going to sit wherever you want to sit and you're going to continue to have a conversation. And, and I'm going to wear whatever I want to wear. wear whatever you want to wear. I mean, it, it's just crazy. And I think another aspect of that that is like unsettling is, the, the you know, the first table, aside from the young woman who seemed, you know, <laughs> to at least be with it. Here you are at this leadership conference. Mm hmm. Like that, that doesn't speak well. I know, I know. <laughs> Believe me, I thought about that. Yeah. And, and she was a nurse. I failed to mention that. Oh. Director of nursing. Oh. And I was like, how are you directing if your biases are, you know, judging yeah. me because I'm wearing a suit, oh. you know? So tell me a little bit about your consultancy and what type of companies. Do you only work with companies that are in the healthcare field or is it a little bit more broad? Well, it's a little bit more broad because, you know, when I first started out, I was like, oh, I'm only going to do healthcare companies. And because, you know, I'm a nurse and stuff. But then I realized that all companies need that. Yeah. You know, even companies who have like a DNI officer, they don't really, a lot of them don't really concentrate on the LGBT part. Yeah. You know? So I really consult with various size companies and all over. And of course, LinkedIn gives me the advantage to do that because people reach out to me um, for, you know, to talk to their organization, do a webinar, do teaching, online courses, that kind of thing. And um, there's a real need for it. I, I just can't believe how big of a need there is. 
I mean, I think it's I think it's so encouraging that that companies are seeking that out, like seeking the education and the knowledge out and reaching out to you. I think that that's a really good indication. I, I think some companies think like, whoa, you know, we have to do this because we will lose customers and clients because if we don't, you know, get hip to the world. Mm-hmm. But I think there's a lot of other companies that are like, ooh, we've been doing this wrong. Like, let let us get this right. Yeah. And so some of them reach out to me after they get bit. Mm. Something happened. They didn't do something they were supposed to do. Then they realize they have a problem. Like, you don't know what you don't know, right? Right. And, and you don't know you don't know it. <laughs> <laughs> so if something happens, then you're like, oh my gosh, I never thought about this or, you know, or, you know, I'll be talking and someone will be like, wow, I never thought about that. But my company knows nothing about this either. And that mm. happens that way also. But, you know, let me, let me tell you, I couldn't sell this four years ago. Really? Mm-mm. Nope. So it's, it's the environment that we're living in, which is not great. But again, it, it has risen to the surface. Mm-hmm. And so yes. people now see the need. I mean, I think that that's incredible. And I, I'm, I'm kind of like adding all of this up in my head. And still I have the question, do you sleep? <laughs> <laughs> I, you know what? I think that's so important because I know, you know, you see these people doing their videos and they're like, I don't sleep. I this. No, I, I sleep. I sleep now. I sleep about six hours. I get up at four thirty every morning. That's how I wrote my books. I got up at four thirty every mm. morning, and I go to bed like around nine nine thirty. So I definitely have to have my sleep. But I really try to utilize my time as wisely as possible. And I don't think I'm that good at it, Adrian. I, really <laughs> I think I'm a mess. I'm always surprised when I get something turned in on time. <laughs> oh, that's incredible. I you know what? That's so real though. Like, and I, I think that's something that also needs to come to light. I, I mean, the, this sugar-coated podcast is about having really open, honest conversations about, you know, business, about some of the challenges that women face because, you know, LGBTQ, the whole like idea behind this is like for far too long, we have had to, you know, sugarcoat what we say, who we are, how we act. And, and you know, I specifically launched it because, you know, I'm a woman in business and we mm-hmm. always have to conform. But I mean, a step further, you know, your your identity sugarcoating that for the benefit of somebody else like it's bullshit and it it needs to end but I also think that what we were talking about earlier before you know we we got on is about just you know the shiny exterior and how you know stuff is hard Mm -hmm. and all of the proof you know the the books and the consulting and and the working and getting up at 4.30 in the morning, like it all is, is amazing. But on the back end of it, you know, it's, it's not easy and it's not always pretty. Yeah. I mean, people see the product, they don't see the work. Yeah. You know, my wife, she, she, when she comes home from work, she's like, am I going to see you today? Yeah. Are you going to put that thing down? Like, let me tell you, two weeks ago, I had this big project due for school. Yeah. And I said to her, hon, I think my legs are com- becoming a t- detached from my body. I don't know if I can go get the clothes in off the clothesline. I live in New York. Can you believe I even have a little yard? And, and she said, babe, 
you're just starting and you're having a breakdown. (laughs) Yes. I was like, yes, I, yeah, I I think I am. And so then I get my great back. I do a fantastic job. I'm like, oh, you know, I I knew more than I thought I knew. Yeah. Oh my God. I know that the self, no matter what, it's like that self-doubt, it it has a way of creeping in and yeah, the physical exhaustion, it's all, it's all part of it, but do what you need to do in order to take care of yourself because the work that you're doing is really, really important. Yeah. Thank you for that. Yeah. (laughs) I have to remind myself of that. That's why, you know, I have my little dog and uh, we go for our walks really early every morning and I'm, I'm out on the balcony listening to the birds and, you know, because you just have to have that balance. It just can't be all work, you know? Yes. But I just, you know what I feel like though? I don't know if you feel like this, but like, I feel like I, I kind of like woke up like maybe two years ago, yeah. you know? And uh, I was like, oh, it's taking me this long to figure this out. It's shame. No. Okay. So you got to catch up for all these years that you were just kind of floating on, 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 uh, you know, pause or whatever you want to call it, you know? And I just finally decided I was going to take charge of my life and take charge of my finances. And the only way that I was going to be able to do that was to do that myself and not depend on a company to do it, create the life that I want myself. And what does that involve? Well, it involves all these things that I'm doing. And I know, you know, it's kind of like, I love when I watch my yard because I know I've got crocus underneath Mm. and I don't see them for so many months, but no stuff is germinating underneath the surface. You can't see it, but you come March, those little things start perking up through the mulch, you know, Mm. I'm like all this time things were germinating. So I feel like, you know, I've been in that phase for about two years and I've just started to see a few crocus pop up in my life. And it's been, it's been beautiful. Listen, I'm talking to you today, Yeah, you know? Mm-hmm. I love that analogy so much <laughs> and I'm <laughs> right there with you. I don't know what it is like that. It's like you're just following some... <laughs> you know, path that someone else laid out for you. And then you're like walking, walking. You're like, where am I? (laughs) Mm -hmm. It's a safe path. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because that's what our parents want. They want us to be safe and have benefits and have insurance and all these Uh. things. And they'll take risks. And, you know, sometimes I'll tell my mom what I'm going to do. And she's like, what? Uh, Yeah. No, oh, I'm right there with you. My mother thinks that I am insane. <laughs> I wouldn't do that if I were you. You need to watch it. You yeah. need to watch it. You know, I'm like, watch what? Watch do what? nothing. You know, and, and I want to say to her mother, you didn't take any risk in your life. You didn't see the ocean until you were 80. Like, how can you oh, tell me? Yeah, no, no, you know? no. Yeah. <laughs> I just hold that in because she did great raising me, you know. Of course. But, yes, yeah. that goes without saying. But it was a different mindset and they were coming from a different place. And this idea, which was actually false, you know, sadly, but this idea of quote unquote stability Mm-hmm. Or like working for a company, like look at all of the ills that corporations have perpetuated in this mm-hmm. world. You know, it is not stable. It is, you know, not secure. No. So 
Yeah. It's a false, it's a false it's sense false. of stability and security. Yes. It's yes. really not real. It's, it's not, not real, real at all. It's not real at all. And and you do have to very much rely on yourself and operate. I, I've said this for a long time, operate as a free agent and never get too attached to any one thing. You have mm-hmm. to be willing to move on. Yeah, it's true. And, you know, especially with nurses, they're, we're conditioned in school. You know, you graduate, you go to work at a hospital, you go to work in a doctor's office. But like I said earlier, that's changing. Nurses are becoming authors. Nurses are becoming entrepreneurs. They're owning their own business. They're becoming legal nurse experts and all these things that doesn't confine them to the bedside. Now, bedside nursing, very important. I did it for many years, but we're more than that. Yeah. I love that. That is super empowering and also something that I was not even aware of. And, you know, my like I said, my sister-in-law um, is a an NP, mm-hmm. but she always is, you know, going and educating herself and taking courses and going to conferences and everything like that. Because mm-hmm. I think that that nursing perhaps may have been one dimensional in the past, but yes. all of these other layers are so exciting. I think that, you know, that sounds like a, an amazing uh, concept for a new podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yes, why not? Why yeah, not? yeah. Don't want to yeah. add anything else to your plate, but yeah. yeah. sure. Yeah. But I mean, you know, I just, I love, you know, where my life is at the moment. I love the direction that I'm going. It's it's very overwhelming because I feel like, well, I am a one-woman show. I mean, I've got the best wife in the world because she makes the most amazing food. <laughs> I've got a great dog. And she I'm loves me over. unconditionally. Yes. And when I tell her my legs are going to fall off, she she walks with me to the clothesline, you know? So Aww. it's great. And she's the one that encouraged me to go back for my doctorate, actually, because I was kind of on the fence about it. But I just love the freedom to be able to create what, we want in our lives and however we see our lives, you know, a picture of, we can actually create that, but it, it involves pain. Yeah. Challenge. <laughs> it involves sacrifice yeah. and grinding and struggling. And, you know, I, I don't want to spend all day Saturday reading 10 chapters. Right. I really don't, no. you know, but do you know how I feel after I've learned all that material or yeah. after I've put together a great course or a great speech, man. On top of the world. Yes. So I kind of like don't mind the work because I know the outcome is going to be impactful for somebody and hopefully help someone change one organization, change one person, open their eyes. You know, I've had people come into uh, training and where maybe the company forced them to come in and I don't want to be here. I don't want to know anything about this. I don't agree with it. Mm. I'm a blank and they'll tell me their religion and always say, okay, you don't have to, you know? And I'm like, you have no idea, but I am a clinical transformer. And they walk out totally different. Wow. Because I get them to understand what it's like for a stigmatized population. Yeah. And and have you ever had a pain-free life? I doubt it. Yep. Okay. So these individuals face this on a regular basis. What can we do to help them? Don't have to agree with it. 
keep those views that you have, but just acknowledge that it exists and don't stigmatize anyone. Don't discriminate against anyone. Your message is universal. It cuts across, you know, it, yes, healthcare, obviously, but mm-hmm. it cuts across every single industry segment and just life. And I can't yeah. wait. I'm I'm coming to one of your talks what, live ah! when when we can all get back and yes. and do the things in a safe way. I, I mean, you are just so inspirational, and I think that we could probably go on and on. But this has just been such an honor for me to to talk to you, and I feel even more enlightened after our conversation. And I'm 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 proud of you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I'm so proud thank of you. you. And I'm so I'm so honored to, you know, be in your your community and your company and as your friends. So thank you so much for this beautiful interview. And I would love for you to tell people where they can get in touch with you or companies that are looking to hire you to speak or to come in and consult. Well, I have my own consulting company, WhittingtonConsulting.com. It sounds just like it, you know, spelled just like it sounds. And uh, if they want like immediate access, then they can just DM me on LinkedIn because that's my primary platform. And I do a lot of business on LinkedIn. Great. So either of those. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Shannon, thank you so much. And, I, you know, I hope that people have gotten something out of this conversation. I know I have. If you love what you're hearing, I would love for you to take a, a screenshot of the uh, podcast episode and mm-hmm. tag both of us on uh, Instagram. I think that would be super cool. And, you know, if you have any other questions for either one of us, you know, please feel free to to DM us. Um, And thank you, Shannon, and have just a wonderful rest of the summer. And I hope to speak to you again soon. Thank you so much. It's been wonderful being on your podcast today. Thanks. The She Leads Podcast Network.